You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Wednesday, March 2nd. I'm your host, as always, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, uh, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or Twitter account for the show at L-O underscore Padres, guys. You know what it is. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. But to my right, everybody, to my right, a standing at an imposing... No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do the gladiator. Uh, style intro, but I'm being joined by Kevin Copps, Padres pitcher from the Padres minor league system and University of Arkansas grad. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing, man? Good. Happy to be here. Awesome. Happy to have you here, too. Um, look, I'm going to be just perfectly transparent. I haven't had a Padres pitcher before on my podcast before any Padres player, really. I've had some some media folk, but this is kind of the first time uh, for me, for, for sure, in a lot of ways. But I'm really excited to talk about a bunch of these things because I guess, no, I was going to do that thing where I try and compare my breakout moment to your breakout moment. But we were, I wanted to talk to you a lot about, you know, getting drafted by the Padres and what it was like at Arkansas and how you kind of had this big breakout. And I think it's going to be a really fun discussion, sir. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. So third round pick for the Padres. But before we get into kind of a little bit of the, the future stuff, I want to talk to you firstly back at you know when you log online and i just look at your numbers on the university of arkansas website there is a whole bunch of things that pop up there your senior year back in 2021 you know red shirt senior year golden spikes award dick hauser award uh all defensive uh first team for sec all tournament team there's all sorts of things that you log on and go about but um what i want to start with for you is kind of you know what were your expectations, first of all, heading into 21 season, especially coming off Tommy John surgery? Um, I wasn't really expecting much. Um, I was kind of struggling because if you look at the year before, I had like a – I mean, it was shortened season, but I had like an 8 ERA. So I was really just trying to get my feet back under me, and I kind of set out to be – I wanted to be the top reliever in the country. That was my that was my goal, was just to win the Stopper mm-hmm. of the Year award. So that's kind of my uh, – kind of where I was coming from at the beginning of the season and uh, it just kind of took off, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and what I think is interesting too, is like, at least I often find that recovery and bouncing back, you know, from just not just a, a a season that didn't live up to your expectations, but also from surgery as fans, we often like these days with the advanced technology, right? We're always like, all right, Tommy John surgery, he'll be back next year. It's kind of like we, we make a disassociation with like, well, there's another person on the end of that. And that doesn't always mean that they're going to come back 100% the same way and whatnot. What is kind of like that recovery process like that maybe fans and outsiders might not always be familiar with? Yeah, I mean, even even me inside the sport, I kind of felt the same way about Tommy John surgery. Um, and it, it made me feel guilty after I had it because I had some buddies around me who had it in college uh, before me much about it. You don't really talk to them that much about it. But then when I had it, you kind of realize that it kind of takes you, it's like your life revolved around one thing and you're kind of taken out of it. So it's kind of, it's pretty uh, saddening and depressing. And that's kind of when I realized that like Mm. I had put too much of my life 
in baseball. And it kind of helped me like, it kind of, I would say it was a blessing because it kind of got my, um, my life to revolve around God, um, instead of baseball. And, um, so that just kind of helped my mindset with that. But, um, it, the surgery really takes, I would say two years to fully recover. Cause that first year I think was in 19, I was very up and down. I feel really sore all the time. You don't really have stamina. Um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty not fun <laughs> yeah it's not fun <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't think it sounds fun don't get me wrong i like it just doesn't sound that easy but it's like yeah like the process i imagine like it's not just a you know you turn off the light switch i turn off this light in my room right here and then all of a sudden you're just back on you're like you're back at 100 percent. but what i will say is you did have a breakout in 2021 i think a lot of people would agree on that but with the golden spikes award I'm wondering, when did you maybe realize that that was a possibility that you were going to potentially be at that level? Because I think everyone, you know, strives to be the best. But when when do you realize you're like, oh, wow, like this is kind of like a thing that's happening right now? Honestly, not until after I won the Dick Hauser Award, because I, they kind of go mm-hmm. hand in hand a little bit. But my teammates mm-hmm. would joke about it and talk about it all the time. But I really didn't put any thought into it, especially during the season, especially with everything going on, like it's easy to kind of look at your own numbers. So I really just tried to focus on what I needed to do to win the game on that day. And that was kind of my whole focus. So I didn't really think about it at all. Yeah. I totally get that. Uh, Well, not totally, obviously I'm not a professional (laughs) pitcher or anything like that, but I get what you're you're kind of saying there. Um, You threw Kevin cops through for a program record ERA below 1.9 in 2020 and struck out 131 batters, which is the third most saw program history. But you mentioned a little bit about your teammates, and I wanted to ask about that. Because I saw in a, in a video somewhere, I forgot when I saw this, but you mentioned how much confidence you had in your teammate at Arkansas, Casey Opitz. Hopefully, I, Opitz. Did I say that name correctly? Oh, Opitz. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Opitz. Um, your catcher. I wonder, do you think that the chemistry between a pitcher and catcher is something that should be talked about a little bit more like how how important is that to not just your success but the success of the team as a whole oh i think it's 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 super important um i guess to understand it is like the pitchers i think pitchers can get really heady and that's why they're not very Mm. good hitters it's because they think a lot and um Mm. so having a guy behind the dish that you trust not only like defensively but also to help you with your pitch calling and like help you have confidence in your own pitch and the own pitch is being called because for the most part you and your catcher are on the same page like you're thinking what to throw and he puts it down so there's not really any uh confusion there but then occasionally he'll put something else down you'll be like you know what that that sounds like a good idea like that's that's a good idea or like you shake him off when you don't think but like having having two guys on the same page with the same idea um it, it really it makes a really big difference in the game do you recall like any specific moment where you were like oh man that was like that was just our minds were melding as one. Yes, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot remember the game, but most of the time, obviously, I, I throw like a, a cutter slash slider uh, yep. almost every pitch. So it almost got first off, it almost got comical because he just put down a three, and I'd be like, "Yeah, good idea, good idea." <laughs> just like repetitive <laughs> threes, and then like I, I remember one game. I don't, I didn't throw very many fastballs, but this one game, I threw two fastballs. And both times he put them down, I had already, like, kind of been like, I think I need to throw a fastball here. And he threw it down, and it's just like, you're just so in sync. You don't even think about, like, how, 
like well like wow what a coincidence you just think like just it just gives you like that much more confidence when you're in sync like that and conviction in your pitches yeah i guess a lot of people would say definitely confidence and pitch and go hands and hands but um before we talk about like kind of your specific pitches i really want to ask about that like the aforementioned cutter like you mentioned i want to talk about something that is well, no, I can't even connect this as much to baseball directly, but you know, you have to put a lot of confidence in certain things. You're making bets on what's going to work and what's not going to work. Guys, I want to talk to everybody about betting for just a second. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops, whether it's latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online has you covered for the number one spot, all your sporting needs. And of course, it doesn't just remain the best for basketball, but baseball, football, um, hockey, boxing, UFC, all that sort of stuff. They probably got college baseball stuff out for you there. Maybe not college baseball. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm better. Yeah, they do. Actually, they do have some stuff for you over there, guys. Maybe for the Oscars, if you're a movie buff like me, maybe you're looking forward to that stuff. They've got you covered. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So Kevin, now let's 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 move on. All right, I really want to talk about this. You mentioned the cutter, and a lot of people actually dimmed me and asked me about this. Like, how? Honestly, I want to even forget about just the cutter in general. How do you adjust and just in general? How do you develop new pitches and whatnot? Right? How do you go from four seamer to two seamer? And how do you? How, how does the general framework, I guess, go around developing a new pitch? That's a really good question. Um... I think it varies from player to player, but for me personally, and I can speak for some other players, mm -hmm. more of the pitch moving around is them trying to find or tr trying to find a pitch that works for, I would say, their certain arm action or their certain, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but their certain arm action pretty much and their, their metrics with their ball. So I think that's what a lot of the pitch adjustment kind of comes comes to like i would throw a four seam but it's a really bad metric wise and you can see in results um it's just really easy for hitters to see so i switched it back right. to two seam and you can um through analytics and stuff you can see why my two seam works and like how i should like tweak it a little bit to adjust it um for me personally i've, I've always been really good at throwing off speed i think pitches like take maintenance like you, you play catch every day, but I think they take a certain amount of maintenance. I like to really like feel out pitches and like feel what you're trying to do. I think a lot of people have a bad understanding of how to throw like a, a good breaking ball. I think they think to like mm -hmm. kind of come around the ball and get on the side of the ball, which um, it does work, but you don't get your best pitches out of it. And I think that's where like feeling out these new pitches because you really have to get behind the ball because uh, I don't think most people know that even on like curveballs, you still like pronate your arm on fastballs and changeups. Your arm will still pronate. Gotcha. So when you so mm -hmm. the more you're on top, the more it'll uh, kind of snap down. Sorry, I'm really I'm really diving deep into, into how to throw off speed. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Go for it, man. <laughs> um, um, but no, it just it's a comfortability thing and um, just finding what pitch you can get the feel for. Um, did that answer your right. question, or is okay? <laughs> No, I mean, you're, you're doing great. Look, man, <laughs> whatever you say is kind of like, especially for me, because I mean, the last time I played when it was when I was like in middle school and I think I, I did a tryout for pitching 
And then I just kind of realized that I was more of a fan of baseball. And I was just like, you know, I'm good. The only thing I could ever do is field that third. I was really good at fielding. I'll tell you that much. Can I hit the ball for anything? But in terms of the hitting, you mentioned like, you know, with the four seamer, just I think that that doesn't always um, for the casual fan and people who are just getting into baseball, the idea of like being able to disguise your pitches. Right. Like obviously and whatnot, but like the delivery, like you said, like when you watch pitching breakdowns, which I'm not going to pretend to say I understand fully, but like it's just the slightest of arm movement at the top, depending on where you actually release changes. Everything was like, how do you go about sharpening enhance and enhancing some of those pitches to have a more well round, you know, teams, they look for well-rounded approaches and whatnot, because they want to see that pitcher or batters, they don't come up to the plate being like, I know what he's going to throw every single time. Yeah, I would say um, kind of part of that is like the deception you were talking about. Um, the deception kind of comes with like whatever arm action you're trying to do. And um, you want a pitch that's really unique. So hitting, mm-hmm. you see like a lot of the same pitches over and over again. So you get used to those and you, you have to. And that, I think that's why hitters um, – generally take longer to get through the minor leagues is because they have to get those repetitions. Not that they need them, but some of them, some of them do need them. So when you have a pitch that hitters haven't seen before, it has like unique characteristics according to your arm slot is when you really get the deception. in, And I think that's what my cutter does. It just has, it doesn't really fit. If you look at like a chart an analytics chart, it doesn't fit on any of the, any, any pitch. That's a, a typical pitch. Um, so just kind of, I would build off of that, like build off the uniqueness of my cutter to build a, a profile for like my set. What would be my fastball as a secondary? And um, cool, cool. So like hitters uh, focus on my cutter, but I have to like keep them honest with a fastball, even though the cutter is the best pitch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of like an out pitch, I guess. Dare I say, for a lot of people who describe it and whatnot, and you have to, you know good mix up of stuff. And I think that that's a a great point by you, but I'm also wondering, you know, now looking forward, I mentioned, you know, what teams are looking for and right now and whatnot when it comes to having a more well-rounded approach. So let's get into that just a little bit. What in the world is the draft process like, right? Like I I can imagine you just, like I said, um, third round pick by the Padres, um, 99th overall, it was like, what it just, Straight up, just what what is the draft process sort of like for you in the moment, getting drafted, and heck, even just getting ready to pack? Stressful, super stressful. Even being in a good position, like I felt like I was in, uh, it's super stressful. It happens so fast. You pretty much, at least for me, I just got a phone call, and within 15 seconds, my name was called on the TV. Um, a lot of emotion with my family. And then, um, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen next. I waited like a day or two and then I got a call and they're like, all right, you got a flight, uh, like in a day. And, uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't really give much information. What do you do in those two days? Just frantically packing and whatnot? (laughs) Yeah, I had a, I was in Arkansas and I have, I I have a dog and I had to drive him home to Houston. Mm to my parents so they could watch him while I flew to Arizona. And then I wasn't sure how long I was staying there. I, I didn't know if like I went up there for my physical and then went home and then went, went to my affiliate. So I was like, do I pack for a month? Do I pack for a week? And I just, mm-hmm. there's no information. It's all hectic chaos. Yeah. It sounds, yeah, it sounds pretty, pretty hectic. May I ask, <laughs> is this the same doggo that is featured in uh, your Twitter icon? Uh, 
I would say yes. I don't think I don't think I have my dog. My Instagram, maybe. Or no, I think if I'm not mis, am I like am I like going nuts right now? Isn't there a doggo? Yeah, it looks like it in your in your Twitter icon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Do I have it up for you right now? <laughs> Let me see if I can pull it up to the screen. Uh, I don't know if that. Oh, comes it did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's him. I completely forgot to change my picture. I don't get on Twitter very it's much. It's okay, obviously. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. I, I'm I'm on Twitter probably too much. I just you scared me for a second. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Am I like imagining things no. and whatnot? Uh, what is yeah, real uh, and what have you? Um, and the next question I wanted to ask you. Um, did any team, and this actually comes from Lindsey Crosby over at Locked On MLB Prospects. Great podcast for everybody out there, by the way, that I recommend uh, checking out. He asked, is, um, did teams talk to you pre-draft and whatnot about the that, that kind of dichotomy, starting versus relieving? Or were they kind of all in on just wanting you to keep those same out pitches and that same style uh, to be just a dominant sort of reliever or closer? Uh, there was no talks of starting or anything. Uh not even long relief. I think it's kind of all all down to just closing kind of, you know, I, I know that the MLB works differently where relievers only really throw an inning anyways, but it was all mm-hmm. uh, that closing sort of style, which I, I appreciate. I like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and I guess let me just ask you one thing right now. Now you haven't been pitching uh, in minor leagues necessarily for the longest time as some other people, but are there any like immediate differences that jump out to you? Because I know like, you know, baseball casual fans, they watch like Moneyball and they see like the differences between playing in Oakland and whatever, where they're the candy bars and stuff like that versus how people approach things. You've you've already mentioned like the analytical approach, like is the program is the kind of lifestyle, even just the general living. Are there any like giant differences for you that really stick out once you've been once after since basically after since you got drafted? Um, no, I've heard a lot of bad stories about uh, the minor leagues, but I think like recently before I got there, they've they've done to improve that. And I, I mean, I didn't really have any complaints as far as like living or anything goes. I know that my, I have a buddy in the Dodgers organization. They have, they have to have like a full-time chef on 24 seven because of mm. the city that they live in. I cannot remember the city, maybe the, yeah, it's the Dodgers high A team. I don't remember the name. Um, no, it's okay. They have to have a, they have to have a full, <laughs> they have to have a full-time chef because there's like, it's just super hard for like anybody to get food in that area. And like um, nobody has their car anywhere. And, but for the most part, I would think all the teams are pretty similar and the foods, I can't complain about the food or the living. So. I'm really happy to hear that. I'm really happy to hear that. And don't worry about the Dodgers thing. Uh, the less you mention for the Padres fans on this show, uh, the less talk about the Dodgers. I think of the listeners and, and watchers yeah, appreciate Sorry, sorry uh, about we, that. We've never heard of them. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, They're going to love you. Um, But before we get into kind of stuff that definitely uh, people are also going to want to hear about, a bunch of silly questions because I got to keep on brand with my podcast. Let me talk to you guys really quickly about something that universal praise. All right. Universal praise for these things. They are the best protein bars out there, folks. They are the built bars. Usually around this time, personally, I, I struggle with keeping up with the New Year's resolution. You know what I mean? I see a, a slice of pizza and I, I want to eat and whatnot. But built bars help out with that kind of like sweet tooth that you get. You know what I'm saying? If you're really in the mood for some chocolatey thing, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're pretty healthy for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And compare that to a candy bar, like say I'm a Snickers fan personally. Uh, 
that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. But that isn't my favorite, Kevin. That is not my favorite part about the Built Bars. My favorite part is variety. We were talking about a variety of pitches. Well, with Built Bars, they've got you with mint brownie, coconut, coconut almonds, new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They've got cherry barcia, favorite of my mom's, uh, apple almond crisp, which is my personal favorite. Right? They've got all sorts of flavors popping up all the time uh, just to kind of uh, settle whatever kind of mood you're in for. And because you guys listen to this podcast, you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Remember promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And one more thing, guys, auto parts stuff, Rock Auto has you covered. You can save time and money. Don't worry about all those intimidating questions at chain places. And they, like I said, they save you money. It's really great. The Honda Odyssey fuel pump is usually around $353 from chain stores, only $216 from Rock Auto. And they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps, mortal, and even new carpet. So what are you waiting for? Go explore their easy to use and easy to navigate website. I've looked at it myself as someone who knows nothing about cars. It's great. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Kevin, we're in the waning moments. We're in the final countdown. Uh, and I want to just ask you a few fun questions before closing out about, you know, 2022 and expectations and whatnot. Um, just a couple fun questions for you. Uh, let's start with this. Let's see here. What was your, you know, I imagine people have actually asked you this before. Um, who was kind of your favorite player growing up? Or may I even ask, like, what was kind of a, a thing, maybe an aspect about baseball that you loved growing up and made you fall in love with the game? Uh, I would say my two favorite players. I had, I had two. I'm going to say two because mm. – uh, Biggio. I really liked watching Biggio, Astros mm-hmm. hitter. Um, but my favorite pitcher to watch was uh, Greg Maddox when I was growing up. Nice. nice. I think those the are, those are great as- choices, yeah. I think the uh, aspect. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think the aspect <laughs> no, of pitching I that, that I was on me. <laughs> nice. um, that I liked um, growing up was uh, kind of like the inv- individual part and the team part, and. Growing up, I kind of realized that there's a lot of, um, like, uh, comparisons or, or good comparisons and good uh, good learning points in baseball that correlate with uh, life, too. And just kind of recognizing mm-hmm. those uh, made me really fall in love for the game. Is there one in specific that kind of stood out to you? Um, I think – well, in baseball, you uh, – you have to like really work hard. It's like a really, it's not just, you can't just be big. You can't just be fast mm-hmm. or something like that. There's a lot of like small, small skills that you need to have and have sharpened. Um, and it takes a lot of time to, uh, to refine those and just like putting in time, putting in time for the little things kind of helps you appreciate putting in time for the little things in life. Mm-hmm. I really like that, man. That was really well said. Um, <laughs> next question I wanted to ask you, um, just kind of, you know, you mentioned how you had to wait after you got for a couple of days before you got a call and whatnot. I'm wondering, like, what do you do? You have any spare time? What is kind of like any fun hobbies that you have? Oh, um, man, to be honest, I like to play Minecraft. Minecraft, like, Minecraft, yeah. very soothing. Minecraft, yeah, I love yeah. the music of that one yeah. too. Big Minecraft. Uh, nice. Like Minecraft. Yeah, uh, I started playing the piano recently, and then just playing with my dogs. Those are really the only things I do. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I remember uh, with Minecraft, I built with my friends like a live replica, like football field, and then we had a baseball field. Not to it, we never we never got to finish basketball, but I do remember we did that. It's just it's very soothing, right? Like that music and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, Minecraft's awesome. Yeah. Um, and speaking of video games, I'm wonder: Are you have you at all? Are you a fan of? Do you enjoy watching people play like the MLB, the show series, or baseball games in general? Um. I'm honestly not a big TV watcher, like stream watcher or anything like that for mm -hmm. video games or anything like that. Mm. I'm wondering, do you think that there's any like feature you'd love to see that they feature in a, in a baseball video game that you'd be like, oh, that's cool. That kind of captures a little bit more of like what the everyday workings are. Ooh, <laughs> I think it'd be funny to uh, maybe if they make or they kind of show like the eating aspect of like when you're like on the mm. road to the show maybe add a, like an eating aspect to it like if you <laughs> save your money and go to mcdonald's like maybe your player gets slower i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that like attribute boosts and what have you oh you went to mcdonald's yeah. you better be careful you lost two miles per hour off your fastball for the next game or something like that that's a fun idea yeah they for sure and as someone who's played the series before i can confirm they have they don't necessarily have the food thing so mlb uh So, uh, Sandy, um, next question uh, that is a little bit similar in the pop culture vein, sort of, but not video games. But do you have a favorite baseball movie? Because everyone, there's a lot of big issues in baseball right now, a lot of big topics on baseball. But I think very importantly is what's the best baseball movie? Do you have any take on that? Ooh, I mean, I'm going to have to go old school and just say either Bull, Dur Bull Durham or The Sandline. Mm -hmm. Those are my two top yeah. two. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Bull Durham, I actually saw for the first time only a couple of years ago, and it was great. And it was fun seeing like that, that kind of minor league aspect that I don't really think is the case for a lot of sports movies. So that was a lot of fun. And of course, Kevin Costner was just like big time back then. And the Sandlot, um, fun fact, speaking of unhealthy foods, every year up until high school, my senior year, I would the last day of school, I would ha get like a little Ben and Jerry's for myself every last day of school and then eat that and then watch the sandlot. That's what I did every single year. It was like my <laughs> ritual. I, I don't know why, but it was just a thing I did. Um, last, last uh, kind of question for you. Um, would you rather talk to your past self for 10 minutes or your future self for 10 minutes? A little bit of an odd one, but. That's a, probably my past self for 10 minutes. Mm. Why, why do you think that? Uh, because I feel like I have a good footing now uh, mm -hmm. in my life. I feel like in the past I struggled more, uh, just being younger and going through things. Um, I think I could calm myself down, you know, <laughs> just take a deep yeah, breath. I like that. <laughs> yeah, just take a deep breath. Things are going to be all right. Right. Um, yeah. well, definitely. I agree with that. Things seems to be going well for you, sir. Um, before we kind of wrap up officially, got any expectations heading into 2022, any final messages you want to say to the listeners and people? Uh, Padres fans and minor league fans and even Arkansas fans. Um, expectation. I really don't have any expectations. I feel like I'm looking at it the same way I did last year. Uh, just trying mm -hmm. to play, just trying to win, not really thinking about it and just uh, praying for the best. And uh, to all the fans, I mean, I, I can't, I can't appreciate y'all more. Um, I think, I think they're just as disappointed as the lockout as uh, we are, but hopefully that gets solved soon because I'm just mm -hmm. here in Arizona waiting like everybody else. 
Yeah, everybody's waiting. We'll have to see how that un- all unfolds. But what I can tell everybody, this is a blast. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. Wishing you the best of luck in 2022 and beyond. Beyond. Even even if you're not in the Padres, whatever you're, whatever you're doing. With your building your next Minecraft creation, whatever that is. Uh, wishing you the best of luck, sir. Thank you, Harry. All right, cool. Thanks so much, man. With that all being said... That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your po- uh, podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. If you're watching the video, I'm hold on, almost pointing to it uh, at Javapeno, J A V I I P E N O. You can follow Kevin on Twitter, even though he says he doesn't use it all that much, at Kevin Cops uh, with two P's. You can check that out for sure. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. For our faithful homies, take care.